Welcome into the Real Kipper and Born Show. This is the national edition where you can watch us live, baby. Sportsnet, Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver and Sportsnet 960 in Calgary. This hour, Real Kipper and Born brought to you by Bet365. In a few minutes, we're going to welcome in former NHL head coach, 617 career wins. And now on the NHL Network as an analyst, drops in on the Real Kipper and Born show. On occasion, Bruce Boudreaux. Bruce. Nice. Thanks. Here to help. Good job. All right, Brucey, this is going to be great. It is going to be great. Um, before we do that. Yeah, before we do that, just to touch a little bit more on Carter Hart uh, is going to be taking a leave of absence from the Philadelphia Flyers. It's indefinite uh, is the word that they used. Uh, there's no sense on... Uh, when he'll be back. This is now coming off of Dylan Dubé from the Calgary Flames. Both members of Team Canada 2018, where there's been an ongoing investigation. Uh, three parties involved there, the London Police, yep. Hockey Canada, and the National Hockey League. And we have not heard uh, for a very long time any developments in this investigation no and waiting for a report is that the league's findings right the league is doing their own investigation i'm under the impression that uh the majority of any investigation has been predominantly done and they're just figuring out uh what to do with the information in terms of like punishments or (sighs) Yeah, I guess, you know, in terms of where is that line drawn between, say, uh, the police? Does there need to be legal? Do they need to be? Is there any going to be? Is there anything criminally coming down? Is or is this code of conduct? These they were junior players at the time. They weren't members of the National Hockey League. Where does that? line get drawn between can you penalize them when they weren't a member of the league jb your 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 guess is as good as mine yeah where this can go or where they can where this heads but i mean two guys it does either a massive coincidence or does point to something developing yeah it uh but 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 it, it can't leave us without the impression that some sort of ruling maybe coming shortly now in the risk of i don't want i don't want like to find out that like both these guys that it's unrelated to this you know and they're totally just like taking separate leaves for separate things and whatever so we'd just like to clarify that we don't actually know yeah why why these guys are at the same time taking leaves of absence but it's not unlike the nhl to leave us guessing <laughs> with a lot of mm-hmm. open-ended um, thoughts coming from like, the hockey world. Yeah, like, do you think that there is some public explanation owed? You know, yesterday we did a lot of Corey Perry talk. Is there some public explanation well, coming? I, I, yeah. I wish I had answers to tell you what's the right answer and what's the not right. But, but you just asking, is this related? Is it unrelated? If it's unrelated, I would hope 
between Calgary, Philadelphia, and the head office of the NHL, they would come out very quickly and say this is not and say yeah. this is not related to this is these are isolated um, incidents and this has nothing to do with yeah, you're right that's uh, a super an ongoing fix. investigation but well we I, won't get that I, I I don't get the sense we're going to get any of that anytime soon <laughs> all right okay let's welcome in Bruce Boudreaux former NHL head coach always welcome on this show yes he's now doing his thing on the NHL network there's the man. There he is. Bruce, you guys have got me. All right. You're a hard man to, to track down, man. Busy man. Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> so how are you? How's, uh, how's the world, how's the media world for you lately? Well, you know what? Uh, it's something I think you have to get used to. Um, I love talking hockey with people. Uh but I mean, it's uh, and it's fun, but it's it's not like you're, as you know, Kipper. It's not like you're in a battle with your own with with a group of guys anymore and fighting for your life. It's a little different. It's a lot of fun, but it's a little different. You know, actually, that's funny to hear you say that after hearing Patrick Waugh yesterday or the day before talk about, um, you know, so someone's like, yeah, why don't you just go golf or something like that? And Patrick Waugh was like, this is what makes me feel alive. And I, I get the sense, Bruce, you feel the same way. A hundred percent. I was talking to somebody about the same thing today. I mean, I, I think it was actually Chuck Fletcher. I was uh, chatting with him and I was saying, you know, there's nothing like being, you know, you can do a lot of things individually in that, but being in a battle with your group here, I mean, we've done it our whole lives. So it's hard not to think of, of doing that. It's uh, it's hard to all of a sudden uh, become an individual when you've been, in a battle with 20 fleet, 20 people for everything you've done since you've been 15 years old. Bruce, we've seen uh, half a dozen coaching changes. The most recent one, Lane, Lane uh, Lambert uh, in, in the Island. Uh, are you surprised at uh, the amount of, of changes we've seen behind the bench over what the course of half a season? You know, I, I mean, I think it's almost, every couple of years it goes through this. I mean, l- last year I remember very well that there was only one coaching change um, during the season. And um, because it was me, but, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, but this year there's been a few more, I, I think, you know, with uh, what comes when there's so many teams that are, uh, that are good now, that everybody expects to to be the best and to jump on. And in reality, I mean, only 16 teams make the playoffs, so there's a lot of teams that either underachieve or aren't as good as the people think they are. So it's uh, uh, it doesn't surprise me at all that uh, there's these changes because we're in a win-now um, league. We're in a win-now the. Uh, <laughs> way everything is we everybody wants things done right now it's very hard to say you know we're going to take five years and do this the 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 proper way type thing what are your thoughts on like the you know when you took over vancouver you guys got real hot um you know chris knobluck has taken over the oilers and they got real hot you know is it a coincidence is it is there something to the new coach bump you know when when a guy takes over a team kind of get that renewed effort from the guys sometimes 
Well, I mean, I think when you first take over a team, everybody's sort of auditioning again. Yeah. Um, it's like a new start for everybody. Like, no matter how bad you were doing, this new guy hasn't seen me play really bad. So maybe if we change everything up and I play good, I'll, I'll get more ice time. Things will, things will work out better for me. And uh, so, I mean, I think that happens. With, with Chris Knobloch, it's almost different. He's been there 20-some games now. He's gone through the eight-game win streak, and he's gone through a 13-game win streak. So it's I think whatever he's selling, they're really buying into, and maybe he's doing something different um, than than what he did before uh, before him. And so I mean, maybe the the team is just this is exactly what they want and what they wanted, and maybe they weren't getting it before. I don't know. We're talking to Bruce Boudreau, former NHL head coach. Now doing a great job on the NHL network as an analyst. So in prior to you uh, leaving Vancouver, Bruce, and, and we're talking about just the, the 180 of the Canucks in general, but uh, did you see signs that Quinn Hughes was on the cusp of potentially being a, a Norris Trophy winner this year? Did you see JT Miller on the cusp of being one of the best power forwards in the game? Like, how close were they that we didn't see that perhaps you did even from the view you had prior to leaving? Well, I mean, starting with Quinn, I mean, we had talked a lot in the course of the summer and we fully believed him and I, that he was an 80 point plus defenseman. And, uh, uh, you know, the biggest thing he wanted to work on was his shot. And I, I was really noticing it in the leaf game. And then, watching the highlights last again last night it sort of just struck me his shot is much better like he used to shoot to get it on the net so it could get tips Bo Horvat would would be the guy doing an awful lot of tipping now he's shooting to score now he's got 12 goals I mean uh, I think uh, it's something he works on all summer and I think he's become great at it and I mean he is definitely in my mind the favorite to win the Norris I mean he's plus 30 something the team's uh first or second overall uh he's got 12 goals so yeah i mean he's the we we both saw it because i still think even when i when i was there he was the best passer that i had seen since and i had a lot of good passers uh on coached uh, from mike green to nick baxter to ryan getzlaff and and beyond and and quinn was the best at it that i'd seen um jt miller um is as competitive as anybody and he got 99 points um the the year the first year that i was coaching so you knew he had that i thought and i would tell everybody i thought i thought he had the best shot like i mean coming off the left wing that wrist shot was a accurate and it was uh, uh and it was hard and you add the fact that he's not scared he goes to the tough areas i can see it you, you really could see it happening and i mean you put them together with Besser and, and Miller, and there is as uh, or Besser and uh, Pedersen, and they're as dynamic a, a line as anybody in the league. Well, you talk about Quinn Hughes being such a, a great passer. Uh, Kipper on our show always says, "You need your best passers at center. That's the best place to have them." Um, had you ever considered having Hughes play center? <laughs> I had to ask Bruce. <laughs> that's so, that's such a loaded question. I know. That, I know. <laughs> I mean, my answer quickly is no on that. And uh, 
but you know, you get suggestions from everybody all the time. Coaches do. And I mean, uh, you either take them or you don't. We used to have yeah. meetings every morning on what to do in practice. And, uh, uh, I had my ideas. The assistants would have their ideas. What videos? To, what video to show? We'd share ideas, and there's. Uh, I agreed with them. Sometimes I didn't agree. And as the the head coach, you're the one that makes the the final decision. So, no, I didn't. Uh, I didn't think Quinn Hughes. I thought he was a great defenseman, and he's proven it this year. It's not a big deal if you tell us the person that suggested it. We're, we're, I want to tell you right we're totally now. All, we're all yeah, over here. Yeah, this is a big deal family. to me. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> it's not going anywhere else except the four of us here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, nobody's watching. Yeah. Have, <laughs> have you spoken to the person who suggested it since you said it? No, I have not. Okay. We're doing 20 questions here, by the way. <laughs> Do they still have a job? All right, Kip. All right, all right. <laughs> What's next? <laughs> yeah, what is next? Um, all right, uh, Corey Perry uh, in Edmonton. is. People are excited that this might be enough to really make them a legitimate contender here. Is there more to the picture than adding a, a Wiley veteran like this for you in Edmonton? I mean, I think he's a good fit. I mean, um, you know what? Corey's a great, uh, uh, like I had him for five years and I thought he was a great teammate. Uh, and, you know, I mean, obviously his play has diminished. I mean, the last three or four years, he's been a third or fourth line guy at best on really good teams. And and, and I think he'll be the same way there, but he's accepted his role. It's not like he, he's a Hart Trophy winner anymore. He's accepted his role as a, as a fourth line guy. And all these young players will look up to him. I'm telling you, he's, he's a, he loves talking hockey. He's a hockey guy. And I think it's a great fit. I mean, and I think he adds really well if he's on a fourth line there. And, he, you know, he can talk about the experiences of being in the finals three out of the last four years. And I don't think he wants – he wants nothing more than to win a Stanley Cup. So he will be a positive guy in that room. Um, and I think it's a really good uh, a really good pickup. I mean, it's not like – uh, all of a sudden, you're making a trade for another Connor McDavid, though. Let's not get crazy. I just think he's a gr- uh, he's a he's a great veteran guy. Then will be really solid in the locker room. Uh, we're talking about some. Oh, go ahead. Just one more thing yeah. on Edmonton. Uh, the the winning streak uh, reminds you of a winning streak you had with the Washington Capitals. Yeah, we had 13 in in Washington the one year, and it was. Uh, uh, man, when those things are happening, you never feel out of the game. And that's uh, that's what makes it, it great. We could be losing 4-1 to one in the third, and then you just say, okay, let's go. And the biggest thing about winning streaks is you have that belief that you're going to always, always be there until it isn't. And usually when you end up losing the, for the first time, it's usually a one-goal game mm-hmm. or it's really tight and you just don't get there. But, I mean – uh, I believe every game that they play right now, as long as they're winning, no matter what the score, they think they're going to come back in. And they have the, in recent games. But, I mean, eventually it catches up to you because you can't come back all the time, even though you think you can. 
Bruce, I wonder if you've seen a pattern over your career of uh, great players whose style of play carries on into the latter half well. Like Sidney Crosby right now is tearing it up. I don't know what his goal pace is, but it was, you know, 45, 50 goals. Um, Ovechkin right now is on pace for 15 goals. And I'm not ready to say that he's that's the player he is now. Maybe he's having a tough season, but... Um, your thoughts on those guys having very disparate years and just maybe the type of player that tends to have success as they age? Well, I mean, I really didn't think that Alex would have this slow a start. I mean, I still believe in him. I mean, he's uh, uh, he's got, you know, unless he's just at some point, he's 38, he just gets old. I mean, um, and 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 they've got a different kind of team. They're not a really high-scoring uh, up be, uh, high-paced team. They're more of a defensive team, so he's not getting the looks that he always has in the past. Uh, so, I mean, it, it's tough to all of a sudden to start scoring as a team five goals a game where you're getting one or two. I mean, they're winning. When they win, it's two to one or three to two, and when they lose, it's one to nothing, two to nothing, three to nothing. So it doesn't really give them an opportunity to, to be the high-scoring guy. I mean, as far as Sydney goes, like, I mean, He's like to me a fine wine. Like I mean, I've haven't seen him play this well on a day in and day out. And we get all the Pittsburgh games here in Hershey, and uh, um, all the time. And and I haven't seen him play this well in five years. And uh, he he is just he's got his twenty seventh goal last night. He's you know taking that team on. Uh, I don't know how if their team can make the playoffs. If the Penguins can make the playoffs still, but I mean he's sure carrying them on their back. And I mean. And he's coming to play every night. Like there's, there's, there's very rarely you look uh, at the, the Penguin games now that Sydney's having a bad game. He's the one carrying the team game in and game out. But I will say this: the, the one, the one year we had Timu Solani when he was 43 led our team in scoring. I think my second year in Anaheim, and then the next year he just really slowed down. So sometimes you just, you know, age catches up to you one year to the next. I don't know if that's what's happened to Alex. Obviously I haven't talked to him, but I mean, um, it, you keep waiting. I, I look every time when I'm, when I'm not watching their games is, is to see when they, when they've got goals, who scored them. And you're hoping that he scores because you want to see him keep this thing going. Um, but I mean, I think he's got to pick up the pace, hopefully uh, a little bit if he wants to continue on this search or this, uh, this trek to catch Gretzky. Bruce, no one would know him better than you uh personal personality wise or or just in terms of his demeanor day to day how do you think he's handling it because you've been this amazing goal scorer you've sat on top of every list since the moment you came in and now you're not does he have the capabilities of making adjustments to not be a top goal scorer anymore to hang in there and and get the record still, or is this a type of guy that has to be the best? Or, or if it is what you're saying and he falls off, does he even want to stick around just for the sake of breaking a record? Well, the one thing I do know about Alex, he once when he was younger, anyway, he wanted to be the best at everything he did. I mean, you you put anything in front of him. He wanted to be number one in, in everything. But the thing that I've really noticed is, um, and I think it's a great attribute to him, uh, is every time they score, he's still just as happy. 
Like, I mean, it's not like he's looking disappointed on the bench or anything. When that team scores, he still jumps up. He's still jumping on every teammate. I still think he's so involved uh, with the team game that, I mean, I don't know if it if it matters all that much to to him to break the record. I know it matters to everybody else that's watching hockey. They want to see that chase go on. But, I mean, I, I have no idea because he he's looks so involved with the team. And if the team wins, you just watch tonight. If I mean, they're playing in Minnesota. If if the team wins four to one and he's on the ice for two goals for, he will still be jumping up and down every time they score and look so em, embraced in the win. So uh, I don't know if when he's done, like, I mean, at the end of the game and, and he goes home and, and he's talking to his wife, whether he sits there and says, I can't do it anymore or, I'm, or whatever, and I don't know if I can go through it. I don't know any of that because he still looks very happy during the, during the game when the team's winning. Uh, last one for me, just uh, we, we wrapped our Leafs hour. I want to get your thoughts. I don't know if you've had a chance to watch them much, but uh, talk, uh, talking about Sheldon Keefe a little bit, the job he's done, you know, kind of trying to keep this thing afloat while having some sort of down years from a, a variety of guys, Tavares and Bertuzzi, and you could go on and on. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I've been watching them pretty close uh, lately here because, you know, I mean, you hear a lot of the criticism about the team. And the one thing I think they found out about themselves just in the Seattle game is how hard you have to play in this league to win. I think sometimes the team used to think that uh, they could just go out there and, you know, we use the phrase, just throw your jersey at center ice and everybody's going to get afraid. But nobody's afraid. And they had to play so hard against Seattle, and they all did, every one of them. And, I mean, it was such a good team win. But I'm, I'm thinking that, you know, they said, you know, they might have been in the dressing room going, man, this is how we got to play every night because everybody contributed that night. The four lines contributed, the all six defense. They got great goaltending. They didn't give up a lot, but when they needed it, the goaltending was there because if you've ever played against Seattle or watched Seattle, they're the hardest working team you're going to play against. And and the Leafs matched them um, shift for shift that way. And if they play that way, there's no problem. And I, and I, and I was talking to somebody yesterday, and I'm saying, you know what? They're not at the top of the, the the list anymore when you're looking at the the great teams. But this right might really help them because they're going through adversity almost the whole course of the year. Where the last few years they've had they've been in a solid second place or third place, and they knew they were making the playoffs, so there was no real adversity. This year they're going through a little bit, and I think it'll make the make them a better team come April. Gabby, great stuff today as always. But uh, on on a on a last note, I'm a very perceptive guy. I see you in a hoodie that says "Power Training" on it, and then I look behind you. Is that got me written all over it? Yes. <laughs> and then I look behind you, and there's more booze that could fill <laughs> an LCBO. So which one is it, Gabby? Is it the training or is it the uh, social? Uh, well, this is what you do. You train all day and you drink all night. <laughs> That's, that was hockey in uh, yeah, my dad's era. How, how else can you survive being an NHL head coach these days? Hey, thanks for doing this, Gabby. Absolutely. Thanks, Gabby. We appreciate my, it. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. Boost Boudreaux. Wouldn't, wouldn't tell us who suggested it. 
Hughes as a centerman. I'm really disappointed. Sammy and I were just calling you, calling off the dog. Really. <laughs> Quit leaning on him, Kip. The best. I mean, he doesn't the, want to say. The best thing he said is, like, "What's next? Yo, what's next? <laughs> that's that's probably his coaching coming out there. Time uh, to move along. So, not to do too much Leafs in the national hour here, but I did like what he said about the. It's a good point. It's one that's crossed my mind and a few Leaf fans' minds that. This would be the year where they kind of struggle in the regular season that they go into the playoffs and they surprise you, where they go through adversity. And it's okay. like that, that thought's crossed it's, my mind. Okay, it, it has. has crossed your mind, but it's it's just a, a hope. Of course. There's no, there's no is, substance my whole behind it. For this team it's all Costanza when he just tries to do everything different and he gets <laughs> the just, salmon on toast instead yeah, of right? the tuna on bread or whatever. I, listen, I know it's dumb. I know it's hope. But at this point, what else do I have? I've been a Leaf yeah. fan since I was four years yes. old. All I've had was hope my whole life. I haven't had a cup. I haven't had a final. Yes. So I've just had hope. I think we can go across the country and, and say a similar thing for everybody, right? How As you're falling are, down the are, cliff, the Leafs, though, you're grabbing Are they roots. Leafs destined I mean, because they're choosing a different path to backdoor the playoffs? Are the <laughs> Vancouver Canucks now going to win the Stanley Cup because they were so bad last year? No. But the Edmonton I, I think, Oilers going to win the Cup because they were so bad at the start. I mean... I think it's all hope for everybody. I do think, though, if I had to pick a team from Canada, it would be the Oilers. Yes. I, 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 to the one thing I'll say in your defense mm. is that this Leafs team cannot handle the pressure of expectations. Like when they're supposed yes, to be the yes. better team. Now we're talking, they baby. They never are. Columbus, Talk Montreal, baby. regular season against bad teams. Let's go. Like <laughs> The best thing their coach could do going in the first round is be like, we are massive yeah. underdogs. And him and Cooper battled it out last oh, year yeah. to be the bigger <laughs> underdogs. Yeah, 100%. Hey, the, the Leafs have the Winnipeg Jets back-to-back. If by chance, and this is a big if, they win both games, mm. everybody's expectations are, are back to where they were at the beginning of the year. It doesn't take much, does it? No. But so there's the, suckers it, everywhere. It might be the best <laughs> thing for them to go in against the cats. <laughs> Meow is no. massive underdogs. Yes, no. massive underdogs. It doesn't matter what kind of dogs they are against those cats, buddy. They're dead. <laughs> it doesn't the, matter. The Boston Bruins beat the Winnipeg Jets last night. Oh, did they ever? And it was like, a close game, though. Great game. It, as good as we think the Florida Panthers are, are they catching Boston no. in the back half? No, I don't think so. So um, it's seven points back, so, same so game my, played. Uh, an, another yes. year where the Toronto Maple Leafs are facing a team out of the state no, of Florida. No, no, I think it's I think for it's going to happen. Florida's going to catch Boston still. But for me, this is what drives Leaf fans insane, is wasting these stupid games against these stupid teams that they lose to. And it's like, if you just beat the Sabres and you just beat the Habs and beat the Sens... Yeah. And just took care of your business against the bad teams, you'd have six or seven or eight yeah, yeah. more points where it's like, then you don't have to play one of the meat grinders in this stupid division. My junior coach used to say, if ifs and buts were candies and nuts, yeah, every but, day would be but Christmas. These, but these aren't ifs and buts. They're playing bad teams that they always play down to. Yeah. No, I don't It's been a big time issue for three years. And now they're going to play an absolute meat grinder who they're terrified of. Should be fun. Anyways, take sorry, us to game sorry, sorry time. Sorry to get so pissed off. <laughs> anyways. Good energy. Thank you. It's game time. Yeah, it's game time. Presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 19 plus. Ontario only. Please play responsibly. Now, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at the games for tonight. Uh, we'll probably talk about the Oilers and their winning streak because they play tonight against Columbus at home. 
You can't lose the streak to Columbus, can you? You literally couldn't. If the Oilers <sighs> play with wrong-handed sticks well, tonight. I was just looking. I mean, Columbus is plus 290 in this game. Teams eventually do lose. There's yes. not a lot of teams that have won more games than them in a row in the history of the NHL. Okay. I think there's four or five teams that have ever won. Like, you do lose hey. at some point. Let me just say Columbus something. Columbus can score. I, I, I've been on a Columbus team. They were called the Hartford Whalers. Yeah. This is their cup. Bingo. Yeah, they get a chance this to This is their the Game 7 Stanley Cup. If you cannot come up with enough energy or focus or mustard, say whatever you want to describe it, if you can't do it here against a team like this, the best player on the planet, this streak, then you can't do it anywhere. Do you think CBJ gives them a well, game? Well, come on. They can score. I'm not saying that they're going to win, but what I'm saying is – you you have to have your best effort of the season. This one has to feel like... Yeah, at uh, least when the season's over, you can say, but we did beat the Oilers. That's, this is all they have to hang their hat on all right. if and this, they win tonight. And if you don't... They, you're not a dummy like me thinking about betting on Columbus. Yeah. Uh, the the over-under on this game, the total is seven. They're expecting wow, some goals. Because uh, both these teams can fly and score. We've seen Columbus score five or six against the Leafs a couple mm-hmm. times. So, uh, yeah, maybe look at the over there, too. And what was the other one that I was looking at here? Um, Flyers and Lightning is an interesting ma- matchup to me. Uh, they're even money for both sides of it. Kind of just betting against the Lightning here because I don't want them to catch the Leafs. But uh, I do like the Flyers, and I think that they can give them a game. Yeah. Are you going on the other side of that? I am. Okay. Yeah. There you go. I-, I feel like Tampa's going to come around at some point. And I've also had some success fading teams that I think – suck really bad and shouldn't be favorites and the ottawa senators are specifically one of those teams going into montreal tonight minus 150 yeah. favorites just just to touch base a little that. bit on your tampa bay and philadelphia uh carter hart yep 12 9 and 3 having a pretty good year i mm-hmm. think yep like where are you on this, this being a, a distraction this them. is not with all due respect to dylan dubé this is your starting goaltender this is your backbone mm-hmm. so how big of a distraction will this feel like starting tonight? You know, I don't know that the distraction factor is as big as just the loss of the actual player. You know, Carter Hart is a 906 save percentage guy. Samuel Erson has been very good yeah. for them this year, but it's a big ask to ask that guy to consistently do what Carter Hart's done. So for sure, maybe they feel good about it, maybe not. But yeah, it's definitely not good to lose a guy, a player of Hart's ability. All right. Uh, that was Game Time, presented by Bet365. Visit the app's latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 19+. plus. Ontario only. Please play responsibly. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. and we come back, uh, we'll get into a few different elements of the news and notes, including Jacob Chikrin. He's starting to hear some of the rumors. He's not too happy. Yeah, saw that. We'll, uh, we'll get into that and more as right. the real kipper and born continues after these words. Breaking down the top stories in hockey and Elliot Friedman every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Kipper is Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee. The Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Uh, Oliver Shillington shows up for practice after 19 months. Yeah. Uh, with uh, an emotional day for him. 
Uh, no question, he's he's been through a lot. That once again has to be a an incredible feeling for him and his teammates to to be back together once again. Yeah, that's great, right? A mental health break and spend some time practicing back in the American League. Only twenty six years old, so you know the Flames are kind of a sneaky good story this year, where. You know, they're going to sell, they're going to sell, they're going to sell. And, you know, they may in the end. But, gosh, they're not that far out of, you know, the mix here for a playoff team. And Yeah, I don't know. Could could they, they draw them? any – can you draw any parallels at all to Vancouver last year where you just – you know, it's perhaps an underachieving team. Yeah. And can they rebound next year? But – can you it's not like Quinn uh Quinn Hughes needed a contract, JT Miller needed a contract. Uh there's question marks on Demko, uh with the exception of Pedersen needing one perhaps as early as July first. If not, you wait another year uh you, you go through the year, but there's no sense of urgency that it has to happen tomorrow. Like that's where it differs from Calgary. Yeah. I would also say the top-end talent, like I was frustrated with the Flames, who I often thought you could have looked at, like the Canucks, like, hey, all these good players, but they, they just can't get it done. But they had Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Gaudreau and, um, you know, gone, Foley. Gone. And, yeah, and like these guys that I was like, okay, their top-end game-breakers are gone. Now they, have, they, now they have Connor McZary. Yeah, exactly. Lindholm. Question mark. Question mark. I like, like, I could look at their decor and say Uyghur and Anderson, Hannafin and Tanev, like, like that. I like a lot of their players, but I just don't think they have the ceiling that. I'm just looking at the the Western Conference standings, too, and it's the National Predators are sitting there in the final playoff spot with 51 points, and the only team between the Coyote, between Calgary in that final spot is the Coyotes. Yeah, and Nashville's a minus two goal yeah. differential team. Like they're not exactly a I, I don't think powerhouse. There's there's one spot basically, unless you think the Kings are going to continue to to fall down, well, which is potential. But it really does feel like it's that one last spot. They're not catching the Oilers, dude. The Kings cost me my third strike in a survivor pool last night. That cost oh, me a couple the of losing the Sharks. So oh, I'm anti Kings. Fire McClellan, Lord. trade Kopitar. <laughs> <laughs> Get um, rid of the Markstrom. Markstrom's going to start tonight. He's missed the last three games. Uh, pretty good goalie. Save percentage of what nine, twelve maybe. Now rumors. Like, mm. could you see? Could you see him moving? Could you see the LA Kings interested in Markstrom? And yeah. let me say one thing about the LA Kings: they have a boatload of prospects and their cupboards are full yeah they're stocked so well that kaliev sounds up for grabs right like could kaliev go to calgary and some sort of package that brings Markstrom i like him back? a lot i kaliev. like him a lot i think he's a legit 25 30 goal scorer for whatever Let's reason let Elliot put that fire out i just totally pulled out of my back pocket <laughs> you know i have no idea but yeah. i mean i could you know Here's what I'll say about the trade deadline this year is that the salary cap situation for so many teams is the worst it's ever been. So as much as teams want to do things, it's super hard, which brings me to a question I was looking forward to asking you today. What teams, team or teams, do you think were most hurt by the pandemic-fueled flat cap? Because here in Toronto, all you ever hear Mm. are that 
The plan was for the cap to go up. The Stars contracts were going to look better. That was the Dubas fans' that was, number one defense. And it's not an unreasonable defense. For sure. Completely I think agree. the Leafs are in the handful of teams most screwed by it. Uh, at the time prior to Paul Maurice's meltdown in Toronto uh, last March. Yeah, that was a good one. Florida was as bad as the Leafs in terms of no room, what do you do? Yeah. They had nothing. They had nothing. And it's it's again, it's a it's remarkable to see that turnaround. Right. That was that was very Vancouver Canuck like. I thought they were done. And yeah. they needed to clean they house. They made playoffs by a point, right? They miss it. It's the whole different yeah. situation there. And then they were they were able to get rid of uh Huberto. Yeah. It's a tough question. What's your answer? There's, to me, a pretty... Don't say the Lightning. It is. Oh, oh they're cups? Oh, they had to win cups? Oh. Well... <laughs> oh, oh, they got, they got no. all their good players they won the Sammy, cup with? we could be talking about them like the 1980 Islanders. They yeah. went just three straight cup yeah. finals, yeah. and they have yeah. eight players left on their roster from their yeah. cup let three years later. The, let me weep for them, Borny. No one's asking for Ooh. weeping. I'm saying... Yeah, I get what you're saying, because... Coleman, Goodrow, yes. Yanni Gord, yeah. uh, Kalorn, McDonough, McDonough. Like, yeah. they got rid of a cup team and, they're and still, still have a good team. And they're still, like, on any night can beat any team. And if I'm uh, Julian Friesbois, mm-hmm. I'm saying uh, the, the Leafs were sitting there going, boy, if we had more money, we could have added someone good. Mm. And he's saying we literally got yeah. so many good players, we have to throw them overboard to compete. Edmonton's been in jail for a long time with their cap, too. Sure. Yeah, I mean, they, they haven't, I guess I was going to say they haven't had the success where you think, God, now that I think about it, a couple million bucks could have gone a long way for them with an addition here or there. So, sure, that's a team that's probably worth being in the conversation, too. But right now, I think 20 of the 30 teams in the league are within a few million dollars of the salary cap. And it's just really hard to be like, who wants Markstrom, who's pretty good, when he makes $6 million? I mean, the Lightning, when they won the cup both times, are like $25 million over the cap anyway. Yes. So, yeah. Oh, well, they got screwed by the cap. Uh, right? Oh, yeah. They, just, they cheated Vegas their way to two cups. Been, yeah. Vegas might yeah. have been higher and they might get eichel back after the season this year too yeah. Vegas, uh, favorite team oh boy they had a wild one last night yeah aiden hill do back tonight for the first time wow there you go. jacob chikrin spoke with uh, ian mendez in the athletic today and he said uh on the buzz now that potentially he could get traded he was quoted as saying i think it's ridiculous if i'm being honest <laughs> i went through it in arizona and that was a different situation. But to see it now is a bit ridiculous. And I don't think it's based off anything. I get why you'd be pissed. Yeah, I, I do too. I'm sick of living in Lindholm. I, I he's it. listened to it for four years after he signed that contract down in Zona. And now he comes here. Yeah. He's been there for what? Was it even a year yet? Yeah. No. And he's got to listen to it again. He 100% get why he's pissed. Yeah, I do get why he's pissed. But uh, I also get the fact that when he was traded here and then they were moving forward, all the losing was supposed to be put right. behind them. Mm. So when you come here and expectations are so high and you you and your teammates don't deliver, mm. all bets are off on, yeah. on where's the basis coming from. 
don't think for one second they're not behind closed doors, that new ownership group with Steos and, and Lauer and, and um, David Poulin now, that they aren't throwing everything up, including do we need to sign Jacob Chikrin or do we need to trade him or maybe keep him and try to move Shabbat? And is that even realistic with his $8 million AAV? Yeah. yeah, you know I like Shabbat a lot. I would take him on for $8 bucks if I were another team in a heartbeat. You would? Uh, I would. I, I, yeah, I'm, yeah. Not, I'm, I'm not sure all teams are convinced that he would be. Yeah. I, I think I, that's a bet on situation. And he's still young in that contract. If he takes even one little step forward, yeah. he's immediately a steal. Well, and what's his TOI been? On Ottawa at, in his young career, like 20, he's playing 26 minutes a night. I don't know what it's been this year, but previously he's been a guy that they've relied on heavily. I think any 2405. No, sorry, 23, 24. This year. This year, 2405 I mean, for his a career. Pile of minutes. If you think he can suddenly, as you mentioned, take one step at a young age here, you know, for a guy who can play like that, I, I think there's, I like him. But I mean, them trading him would be wild to me. Because yeah. like, he was in the conversation. Like, everyone was like, he'd be a Team Canada type guy. Like, he's a stud D man. You wouldn't want to ever give away that type of guy. Yeah. That'd be a big move. I me. actually think the way the Atlantic currently sits. So, I think Ottawa, and you guys know I've been stubborn about this. I don't think they're as bad. <laughs> if they win four straight games, they would have to win another game to get out of eighth in the Atlantic. I think they're going to pass Montreal eventually. And I think Buffalo will too. So I, uh, you know, that they're a long way back right now. I think they're <laughs> they're eighteen points behind. Uh, or no, sorry, they're only ten points behind Montreal. So I, I think Buffalo and Ottawa get ahead of Montreal at some point still. So what you're saying right now is you are guaranteeing that the Ottawa Senators beat the Montreal Canadiens tonight. I think I am. <laughs> That's a big guarantee to make. <laughs> Do you guys want to talk about winning streaks? Sure. Because the Oilers are going for a pretty historic number tonight. Fourteen's yeah. a lot. But so Gabby said he had one in 2009. He said 13, but 13. It, was, it was 14. It was 14. I'm not going to quibble with him, but no. yeah, it was 14. And um, so of all the longest ones in the history, so how many we got here? One, two, three, four, five, six. So uh, only uh, one uh, uh, Only uh. one of these teams. <laughs> Is that the count? Yeah, that's the count. <laughs> only one of these teams in that list went to win, on to win the cup, and it was probably your dad's team, 81, 82. Mm-hmm where they were um, down in the third period of a winner-to-take-all game five against the Penguins, trailing 3-1. The Idols got two go- uh, final frame markers to tie it up and an extra time winner from John Tonelli. This, uh, Great man, John Tonelli. So there you go. And they went 12-2 and for the rest of the way and won the cup. The but, one that's mind-boggling is the 35 undefeated. What's that? The Islanders. They won 19 straight playoff rounds. To me, that's the... Yeah, that's one's that's pretty cool unbelievable. too. Unbelievable, yeah. but just I thought that was interesting from Ryan Dixon on Sportsnet.ca that you know you can if you win that many games in a row, you think you're a pretty good team, but right. for to have that many on the list, only one win the cup, pretty surprising. Yeah, and they obviously think there's work to be done with the Corey Perry edition, right? Yeah. They're not sitting on their laurels. But Any, uh, I, can oh, well, I just say ahead. I saw someone uh, do the meme of like going along happily on a bike and like putting a spoke in your own bike tire and it's Corey Perry's head <laughs> on the way, you know, 13 in a row, Corey Perry into your spoke. Yeah, I, you know, I just think when you're at this point where there are 13 games and the record is 17 and you look at their schedule. Columbus, Chicago, Nashville. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. You got to be going all in on this. Yeah. Like you have to be pressing hard to me because, you know, 
you may not win the cup, but that is a flag that flies forever to have the, one of the longest winning streaks in NHL history. history. It yeah. does matter. Yeah. To see Columbus on that list, too, is pretty Didn't you already quibble about the streak because they got a bunch of OT wins or just, shootout wins yeah, or whatever? It just, it's not apples to apples no. for me. So if you want to just, for the sake of a nice board for TV, put up that... They're tied with the Montreal Canadiens from 1967. But the Canadiens didn't have the chance to go to shootouts. No. No, it should be based on 60 minutes. And you know, can I tell you, I saw a great tweet last night that reminds me of this. Uh, Joel Embiid scored 70 points for the Philadelphia 76ers last night. And Bunk, J.D. Bunk has tweeted like, you should talk about NBA points the way we talk about like old timey inflation. Like a oh, guy used to make thirty five cents an hour. Yeah. That's worth one hundred and fifty grand now. Because like Kobe's points when he had eighty one yeah. was in a different era of NBA basketball. The final score last night was like one hundred and thirty three to one hundred. There's so many points in the NBA now, and that's how I feel about this. It's like today the streaks are not quite didn't mean what it meant to Me. the. To the early yeah, I guess I'm just uh, I guess I'm just a much younger man than you guys. It means it it's means real. enough to me. Yeah, <laughs> it's that's real. All you remember. Um, it's real. Not that many guys in the 70 point club in the NBA. Is uh, can, uh, I would have thought Jordan, Kobe, Michael Wilt. Jordan never did it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the New Jersey Devils signed Tom Fitzgerald to a multi year contract extension that gives him the additional t- title of President of Hockey Art Ops. That is the ultimate. Mm. Shield that every guy wants. Just a general manager. Yeah, GM. Now he's GM and president of hockey ops. And they now you get to fire yourself before you get fully fired. He's he's built it up. He's been around now for the last little while, and they they were a team that we thought could compete this year. They got the Toronto Maple Leaf thing going, where they're just kind of on the outside looking in. They could need a goalie. They could use a goalie. Maybe now that he's got that position, the next order of business should be. Fine on a goalie. Maybe that's a spot for Markstrom. So I believe Josh Harris and their group owns the Devils, and they're like very analytical, right? He owns Liverpool. Nope. He owns a, uh, he owns uh, the Commanders. Okay. Yeah. And, he owned the, and he owned the Sixers at the time of the yes. of the process, right? So, so you know, this is like a very analytically minded group, and it is curious to see, you know, like the success the team has or doesn't have. I, I like following these t- uh, teams. I read a book called Game of Edges by Bruce Schoenfeld about how, about these teams and like how some of these pro sports teams are now being run like, I mean, I don't know, accounting firms, basically. Okay. So I think that my point is I think the Devils are going to be consistently good the way that analysts can get you, but it's really hard to get over the hump. So they're in the, they're in the pitcher. They just need a goal. They need a little help. And yeah, there's, goal, a, there's, a, numbers. there's a pretty famous baseball movie about this as well. I believe it stars Brad Pitt. <laughs> yeah. Have they One won? The, no, they never won, unfortunately. Never it, was, won. it was a sad ending to that one, and they were moving. But like the Devils, good and can go deep. Yeah, yeah. You know? But I think they had more stars. Like, it was a different sort of thought. Uh, sorry, are, are we doing a, a segment called Useful or Useless right now? <laughs> and you're finding it useless? Is that what's happening? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it seems, does seem fairly useless. That's fair. Uh, I, I see a pendulum swinging with the, the, the Rick Tockets. Of the world yes. and the Tortorellas and the Patrick Waz. But now. you know what, Kip? So I agree with you that there's a pendulum swinging where it's not all, uh, you know, Dubasites and glasses, you know, being pushed up. And, but you know what? When I heard Patrick Waugh give an interview the other day, he goes, you know, I'm looking at this team where we're weak. And he says, we're last in uh, defensive zone exits. And he, the first thing he referenced was D zone exits, which 10 years ago, 
you'd have been like, what do you mean you're 32nd in D-zone exits? Who yeah. tracks that? It's it's worked its way into even the hockey men. Yeah. Because it's good information. No, but, but I think that was – it was not phrased that way, and it was never made a public – Yes, I agree with you on this. The thoughts were there you knew back you had to break then. The puck out. We knew. <laughs> we suck at breakouts. Yes. That was, that's been around for 80 years. Yes. It just wasn't – Quantified. It wasn't – but Nerd what's, it up. What's different? <laughs> what's different is you. When a narrative sets in about what a team is, it was impossible to change it. And now you can show the numbers and say it's actually not yes. true. The Leafs are I actually know. good defensively, not this year, but it, you know, in previous years, I get numbers it. to say. I get it, and it's it's, it's easier. The well actually, club. It's, it's easier to absorb it. It's easier to understand it. I, I get all that, yeah. for sure. Um, just quick, and you brought me over over the last yeah, little sure. while, a little bit You're on board. here and there. Just yeah. quickly before we go, just one last note on uh, Reeves from Kevin Papetti on Twitter that they're going to have to make a cut, obviously, when Tyler Bertuzzi returns. Reeves, Lagasin, McMahon, or Gregor would require waivers, and Nyes, Holmberg, or Robertson would not. So, <gasps> Kip, did you see on our show the other night, Kip talking about sending Nyes to the minors? No, I did not. <laughs> Can get the story straight. <laughs> That's as okay. straight as it gets, buddy. That was an I, arrow. I, uh, during the All-Star break, <laughs> I don't want him going to Florida or going uh, on vacation. Okay. I want him to go to the Marlies and play, play a one games. game and hang out there, get on a power play, and just keep your tools sharp physically and then come back. I heard you say you want him doing the VO2 max every day <laughs> with a sandbag Not at all. on his back. Not at all. All right, once again, uh, biggest probably story of the day is Carter Hart is taking a a leave of absence from the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, There is some speculation that this may have something to do with something coming down when it comes to the investigation of the Team Canada 2018 World Juniors. Uh We will have to wait and see if anything happens in the next little while. More names or... Something coming down? Are our names going to be made public? We'll have to wait and see uh, on this ongoing development. Yeah, we will have more on that tomorrow. All right, our thanks once again to Bruce Boudreaux. We're back tomorrow. More Real Kipper. Have a great night, everybody.